Get ready for an episode of Dangerous, featuring Dane Alves with special guest Nick Smith. What are we talking about today? I'll give you a big hint. That is right. If you couldn't tell from the theme, this is going to be an episode where me and Nick Smith go over the show that took a lot of people, you know, by surprise on Netflix, Cobra Kai, which was actually a show that's been on YouTube Red, uh, filmed about three years ago, four years ago, back in 2017. Um, And the thing is, that's weird about that. Hi, by the way, I'm Dane Elves. I'm going to be the host for this. Uh, I don't know if Dane Rance is going to become a long-standing style show, so excuse me with the weird uh, intro. Uh, I kind of had to work with what I had. So hope you like that. It probably sounded terrible, but, <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> what I uh, try to improvise with. But before we go into any details going further, I want to introduce my co-host, Nick Smith. How are you doing today, sir? Feeling sexy? I'm pretty, I'm pretty good, you know, all things considered. Uh, the last couple days have been a little rough, but... Um, I'm hey, I'm very excited to talk uh, about. Uh, have we said it yet? Can I say it? Uh, Cobra Kai. Sure. I'm very fucking excited to talk about Cobra Kai with you. Yeah, and that's the thing is we're going to be talking about Cobra Kai. Um, I'm excited to talk about this. It, the the weird thing is, and what I was going to say earlier before, <laughs> before I realized I needed to probably introduce fucking people and shit, um, <laughs> is that. <laughs> including myself, that's the weird thing, is that I had YouTube Red when this came out, and I always saw it. I had it for the ability to be able to shut my YouTube so I could listen to podcasts in my pocket and not kill my battery. And also it came with their version of Spotify or iTunes where it was unlimited music with YouTube music. So um, I didn't watch these when they came out. And now they were already gaining a lot of momentum and popularity. I heard a lot of good things from people that I trust in the industry, like Christian Harloff and – Lots of other people that said you need to try out the show. Interviews with people. I'm not going to say I love the first Karate Kid. Uh, I'm not going to say that I watched it a million times. Uh, It definitely came out, I would say, because of the popularity of the Rocky franchise mixed in with the popularity of a lot of the teen high school movies at the time that were coming out. Um, I guess you could say Stand By Me is kind of one of those first ones and then Goonies and, and whatnot, but kind of combining those efforts into a series that I don't remember. I'm, I'm going to go back and watch the movie since I have to wait until next fucking year to get the third season out. But I remember the first one really well. Second, third, a little bit of a blur. I know the second one he goes, uh, Mr. Miyagi and Danielson go over to uh, Japan. So that's apparently where they're going with the third season. But this show was awesome. This show did for, for Karate Kid – you know, what Creed did for the Rocky franchise. Um, mm-hmm. It took the concept of of something that's a little bit more, you know, well, the first Rocky aside, a little more cheesy. It got that, that 80s cheese to it. Um, and 
I, I would say that the, the Karate Kid, at least I don't know this for a fact, but from what I've been told, kind of that happened with their movies. And, and you kind of needed that, that cheese in it, too. That was a big part of the popularity, I would say, for both franchises. But Creed came out, and it was a dramatic look at a concept that happened within it. And Apollo Creed's son, his dad got killed, you know, and this is this is Rocky and him now training this kid. So I love the aspect of it making it pretty dramatic, I would say, and very adult to an extent. You, you get to find, you know, Billy, who is this badass back then, who almost beat the, the, the bully of the whole entire Karate Kid story, who almost beat Daniel's son, you know, the sweep the legs, all that type of shit. But obviously Daniel's son won. And this is his side of the story. And what makes this great, and I'm going to pass it to you in a second, um, Nick, but just to, to sum it all up, is that this is about Billy's story. This is about, you know, the fallout of what happened to him afterwards. How this, something like a karate tournament when you were a kid, could really have a ripple effect. And also, you know, honestly, almost getting killed by your, your sensei and father figure directly afterwards. <laughs> Dick. Um, this really trickled him down a bad path. And his redemption story of trying to change his ways. Well, Daniel's son who honestly at many times, especially the beginning, kind of comes off as an arrogant douchebag. Um, yeah. You know, he's rich. He's got a lot of money. He's, he has his own dealership. He's doing great. And Johnny has to see his face on a day-to-day basis and uh, still takes place in the same area in which the movie did, uh, the tributes to the movie, the flashbacks, but also taking children of a new generation and then making them you know, who they, who, you know, was between Mr. Miyagi and, um, I can't think of his name right now, the evil, uh, mentor of, of, uh, yes, yes. Thank you. Crease. Um, you know, they're, they're now Johnny and Danielson and these kids were them and the way that they went about it. I mean, everything made sense of how they went about the storyline, but they still caught me off by surprise in the first season. And the second season was great. Uh, my only complaint to it is that the show at sometimes first season was really good about it. And second season, it all of a sudden, it's like a couple of years, two years, and they're doing, you know, like the Defenders fight choreography, like fucking Daredevil style <laughs> shit, especially <laughs> towards the end. That kind of took me out of it. But uh, that aside, the love for the original franchise, all the Easter eggs, the new kids that are awesome and how – the dichotomy of how they are from, you know, the daughter of one of them, the son of one of them, the one that is basically Danielson, but he's getting trained by Billy. You know, those aspects, Hawk being who Billy was. I loved the fucking show. I'm going to shut up, Nick. I wanted to do a little bit of an intro, but if I keep on talking, I will talk the whole entire fucking podcast. So what did you think (laughs) about these two seasons of Cobra Kai? And did you know about it back when it was on YouTube, or are you with – a lot of people where you just found it on Netflix. Okay, well, I'll tackle the first question, uh, or uh, excuse me, the second question first. I did know about it. I watched the first episode um, two, three years ago, whatever it was, um, and <clears throat> I liked it a lot and was like, I'm – like it, but I'm not going to get YouTube Red. I didn't have YouTube Red. I, you know, I, I, I watch a lot of YouTube, but you know, the ads, you know, basically the 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 big 
reason why you would have gotten YouTube Red wasn't to get any sort of content. It was you, you could watch YouTube without any sort of ads, and that was you know that was the big the, the big reason why you would have it. I, I like I, the ads don't they, they've gotten worse as of late, uh, but. The, the, as a general rule of thumb, the ads don't bother me terribly, not enough to pay some kind of uh, you know, premium subscription to get ad-free YouTube. So I watched the first episode, and I was like, that's really good. Uh, I guess I'll wait and see what happens. So I watched – like I said, I watched the first episode many years ago, and – it kind of came out of nowhere for me anyway that it was it was dropping to YouTube, and I, I saw a couple people post on social media about it, and it basically was like, all right, I remember watching the first episode. I really enjoyed it. I'll rewatch the first episode and watch all of the first couple seasons, and dude, I think you hit the nail on the head. And honestly, not it's not even something that I really thought about. Was that this? This is absolutely, uh, in in a lot of respects, Creed to Rocky. Like this is their version of of, of you know kind of rebooting that franchise in a, in a very new and different way with a <clears throat> with a new cast, but you know some of the old cast and some of the old storylines and roping everything back together and. I can't believe I hadn't thought of that because, like you said, how connected kind of Karate Kid is to Rocky. Because, I mean, the original Karate Kid basically is Rocky <laughs> with, uh, you know, a, a teen sort of backdrop in lieu of, you know, an, an adult backdrop, uh, which was Rocky. But, yeah, I I really fucking love like almost everything about this show and even like the hilarity that they get into in the second season. Like, I don't think it works in the sense of, I I wouldn't think it would work in the sense of like a new show that doesn't have any sort of backdrop, but because it does have a connection to the original karate kid and the eighties and um, we all know that like a lot of 80s movies and just the 80s in general are um, sort of pump up the volume, balls to the wall kind of uh, mentality. It, it, it works, even that long fucking fight scene. I, I, I love it because it's so fucking schlocky. It, like, it is so um, over-the-top, uh, unbelievable, but... I can believe it in the universe that was set up by Karate Kid because even that, for you know, for its time, was very kind of over the top. Uh, so yes, I absolutely adore the show. I think it, it you know, it it does a really good job. You mentioned Dane that like it, it it's it's really good for adult audiences who watch Karate Kid either, you know, growing up or, um, yeah, like for us, I guess, like later on, you were born in 85, I believe. I was born in 88. I Like, it, it, so obviously Karate Kid came out in 84. It came out before we were even born, but we 
we watched it as kids, you know, and, you know, there's even older people that watched it, uh, you know, when it came out as kids. And I think it's got like this nice kind of sloth of uh, people that will be interested because of the connection. But I also think it does a really good job of sort of uh, being a teen drama for people who like younger audiences who never watched the Karate Kid movies. I mean, obviously, I think it I think it sets that precedent more in the second season, which I I sort of agree with you doesn't work as much for me um, as the first season does. But I do think it, it, it's sort of their olive branch to younger viewers um, to have this sort of love triangle between Miguel and um, uh, uh, Sam and uh, Robbie. Uh, so, so they set that up, and yeah, it's very uh, OC um, for for those of you that are uh, mine and Dane's age uh, that, that you know caught maybe the grassy what what's that? Maybe Degrassi even would be a good example. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or even like if you if you're maybe a little older, uh, Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Like it has that sort of yep. teen drama, uh, like thing uh, that that really sort of uh, works in this environment, especially because the original movie was you know, a teen drama movie, like a coming-of-age story teen drama movie. Um, so they ham it up a little bit, especially in the second season, but it didn't really bother me. I, I think especially because it's it's it, in the format that it's in where you can just binge it. I, I think if it was, you know, like an, uh, a weekly episode-to-episode thing, it would be slightly more annoying, but because you can kind of binge-watch it and breeze through it, it's it's... You you get to focus on the parts that you care about more, and maybe not focus as much on that sort of aspect of it. But I do think it's a really good trick. And maybe trick's not the right word, but for lack of a better word, trick into bringing in like younger audiences. And I I just think the fucking the the setup that they deliver, uh, and you mentioned this earlier, is painting Johnny as the the protagonist we'll say not not a hero or anything like that but he's the main character he's the protagonist and Ralph Macchio's uh Daniel's son is like like you said he's a he's a douchebag like when you meet him at the very beginning of the show and 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 you know he has to um Johnny has to go to LaRusso uh, Auto to, like, pick up his car after, uh, you know, his daughter and some of her friends uh, ended up wrecking it. Uh, you know, he he has to go there to pick it up. And, like, I feel like we all know that person. We all know a person, at least, who at one point was, like, a total douchebag and, and like, doesn't doesn't want to be like or at least we we perceived as a total douchebag who and and again they do a really good job of this with Johnny in and showing his side of the story like I got sucker punched by this guy he stole my girlfriend all of this shit like you can kind of see things from Johnny's perspective or at least how 
Johnny would have perceived them. Um, and we all know somebody from our high school time who, if we ran into, we'd be like, I don't want to fucking talk to that person. Like, that person was such a dick. And then if you do end up in the situation where you have to talk to them, like, they're going to simultaneously be like this outgoing sort of nice, fake nice persona but at the same time want to like hit you with like a little jab uh like basically what danny does in that situation and you're just like god Danny, you're being such a fucking douchebag right now um now i do think in the second season they do uh, a somewhat good job of of making him uh like not seem like such a total douche but they they balance it all very very well um, and, uh, I think that part of it is excellent. And I think the younger cast is really good. I love the actor that plays Miguel. I think he, like his arc, it, 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 of course, you know, we're in a, uh, very interesting situation. We'll save the spoilers for later, but with, with how his, um, situation ends up at the end of season two, but he, he is great. Like he, I, I can't wait to see what he does, uh, you know, for the rest of his acting career. Uh, I think, uh, Johnny's son, Robbie is an interesting character. I don't think he's nearly as interesting as Miguel, but I still think he's, he's fairly intriguing. I think, um, LaRusso's daughter, uh, Sam is a very, uh, like I, I, I would have taken her in a slightly different direction in season two, but I understand why they went where they went as far as setting up like the love triangle and everything. But uh, I think she's very good too. Uh, and you know, there's a handful of other characters. I, I just want to shout out like a couple here. I fucking love Aisha. Uh, she played by Nicole Brown. She's the um, the bigger uh, black girl uh, who's involved with Cobra Kai, she's the second person to join Cobra Kai, and her connection to all the characters is very interesting. Uh, and and just in general, the way that they connect all of these various younger characters and and give them all of this gray area to work with, I think is very good. Um, and I also really really like Carmen. Uh, who plays uh, uh, Miguel's mom. It's the character of Miguel's mom. I think she's a really interesting character. Um, And I I think um, uh, uh, Danny LaRusso's wife, uh, Amanda LaRusso in the the show, um, is really good as well. Probably, like, I'll stop here uh, because, I I mean, I want you to kind of – Rain. I've, I've said a lot now, and you know, you said a lot. I said a lot. So we'll we'll try to rein it back in. Um, but I I love so many of her scenes. Uh, uh, Larissa's wife. I love so many of her scenes and how she um, essentially is able to put in like sort of comedic beats without being over the top about it. I really love you know. The, the way that that character works. So, yeah, a lot of great characters. I, it's just, it's a fucking great show, man. 
Yeah, man. Let's uh, let's touch on some of the uh, the main characters, just kind of individually go deep a little bit. Sure. And I guess afterwards we can kind of break down the bigger parts of the seasons. Um, but first, I think that, and I'm here. I'm just going to apologize because I realized I did it last time. It's going to be very hard for me not to call like either say Billy Zapka and and Johnny Lawrence because it's character and actor. Same thing with Ralph Macchio and Daniel Larusso. So, if I say the way, I'm warning you, okay? But um, yeah, let's let's start off with William Zapka, who plays Johnny Lawrence. I think this is the most intriguing part. I'm not gonna. How do I say this without trying to flaunt like they're? Uh, all right. It's 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 not in the same realm as a Breaking Bad or or um, some other television that's 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 written like that. But his story is very human, and it has elements right. in that type of direction where he is such a a great character. You know, he's trying to redeem himself. He's terrible at technology. He's not PC <laughs> in the fucking leaders. You know, but by the end of what happens throughout the course of his journey, he realizes that. A little bit that, you know, uh, Daniel's right in, in a sense. The whole no mercy, the whole the aspects that really kind of connect him to John Kreese, that didn't do him well at all, like learning that stuff. It didn't, it didn't help him out. And by the end of it, when they fucking pull it, and like I said, what was amazing about this, Nick, is I saw it coming, but I didn't see it coming. All of a sudden I'm realizing – Oh, shit, Daniel's in the crowd because, you know, obviously there was tension between Daniel and Robbie. But Daniel's in the crowd. Robbie's going to be an independent in this tournament. Okay, this changes the element. And, of course, he's going to go fucking help Robbie because that's his sensei. That's his Mr. Miyagi. And they're going against, and it gets right fucking, you know, Johnny with Miguel. And Miguel kind of is very similar, obviously, like we said in Aspects. To uh, what's it called, Daniel's son, and like you know, new to the you know, new to the area, picked on immediately, you know, wants to learn martial arts, but with the teachings of Cobra Kai, and I just I love that dichotomy. And then Johnny is going against his son, who was taught with the Mr. Miyagi Miyagi Do style, and it's just you know that first season was so brilliant, and then him having John Kreese there for the second season, and him showing up very very. A kind of muscle twirling villain with the cigar at the end of the first season, and then trying yeah. to display, especially him seeing his living situation, that he could become a good guy, and that Johnny wants to believe people to be better, and he's different. He's he's you know he's he's changed a lot of his ways, and still by the end of it, all of them fuck him over, and because of him, essentially. You know, his his prized student, Miguel, is possibly crippled by his son, and he tried everything, including trying to reconcile with Daniel to make sure that didn't happen. It's right. it's really good stuff. It's really, really good stuff. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, and, and I think some of the best scenes are, like – the scenes between uh, excluding the scene where uh, Daniel shows up to, to find his daughter. Like that was, I was just like, Oh, you're, you're literally just interjecting a fighting scene for no reason here. Um, but uh, I love, 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 love the scene in the second season where they end up 
uh, going to the Mexican restaurant <laughs> and all like they slide their tables together. And, and, and that's where, uh, again, both of the, the, uh, uh, female counterparts to our main characters uh, really, really get to shine uh, as far as just being like, hey, come on, guys. Like, you can put water under the bridge. And it's so funny, too, how that they in that, like, they how that scene ends and how the final scene between Daniel and Johnny at the very end of the finale when they're on the elevator ends where they just don't say a fucking word to each other. And I thought that was fucking brilliant too. Like I, I expected them to like start an argument like, and, and I, I love the fact that they sort of diverted from that expectation and they just, they didn't say a fucking word to each other. Um, that was great. But moreover to what you're talking about with Johnny, I, yeah, I love the character. I think they do a great job. Like I said earlier of, of sort of ex- explaining his maybe kind of revisionist history of what happened between the two of them in high school. Um, but I also just love the way they set him up. He's, I mean, he's a deadbeat, you know, like he, um, uh, he's a deadbeat. Uh, he obviously, you know, they, they explore uh, his uh, backstory with his mom who obviously really cared for him. Um, and she was willing to sacrifice like her um, happiness to try and you know provide for him via his stepfather, who's an absolute fucking asshole. And you know they really you know delve into that in, at, at the very beginning, but throughout the show. Um, and you know, it, and even just like in the little things, like you know when when he mounts the television on the wrong wall. And and the lady's just like a complete bitch about it, and he's like, "Come on, lady, don't like. Why are you bitching at me?" And she's like, "Did you just call me a bitch?" And he's like, "No, I I, I didn't call you a bitch. I just said you're bitching. Like, there's a difference." <laughs> and I've been in that situation before. Um, <laughs> yep. So I I, I kind of connected with that, uh, and 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 I love even. Still, how they bring it back with the dating app in season two, and she like walks out and and you know says like you know oh you're you're the guy who called me a bitch and he's like I didn't call you a bitch I said you were a bitch at me um, and then she walks out and he's like fucking bitch <laughs> like I was like yes like, oh it's so great um, but yeah dude like his character this show doesn't work if it's if it's reversed, it do, it just doesn't work. If you're you're looking at Ralph Macchio's character being in this situation, it only works in this particular dynamic, in my opinion. And the the like sort of the the brass that the the creators of this show had to say, let's take <laughs> an actor who hasn't really been significant in any way since you know, the eighties let's revitalize his character of Johnny Lawrence and show another side to him, make our audience sort of connect with him and, and, and strive to want him to succeed. And let's juxtapose that with Daniel. Yeah. Like, I don't even know that he's a great actor, 
but he's so yeah. fucking great in this role. Like he is so yep. good um, at capturing this character and and especially where this character is now, and uh, and furthermore, like and and, and making. Daniel LaRusso, like, kind of the antagonist, but not, like, I think that's one of the great achievements of the show, is especially into season two, as far as you can just kind of, like, honestly, the, the antagonist is fucking karate, <laughs> you know? Like, if, if karate wasn't standing in the way of, like, all of these people just kind of connecting and, and being... Uh, you know, cool with one another, they would probably all be cool with one another. Like, we've seen so many instances of it, uh, yet, like, it's like every time they try, like, they're almost there, karate gets in the way. And it's it's almost kind of like, um, and I don't know if this is the intent of the, the showrunners, but it's almost kind of, like the main theme of the whole show is like violence is never the answer. <laughs> like it only uh, violence begets violence. And, and it, it, this is all the shit that can happen because of it. When there are the, are these characters who have problems with one another that could easily be solved over a nice uh, dinner at a Mexican restaurant but karate always gets in the way. And that's the saddest part is, is one of the things that sucks. The bar scene in the first season, obviously the Mexican restaurant in the second season. Yes, I you forgot want, about that one. You, you want them to get – you want the two guys that are supposed to hate each other, Daniel and Johnny, to get along and just be friends. And honestly, I don't know. We'll go into predictions. One of the predictions I have is that with Kreese taking over Cobra Kai – and everything that's going on, maybe there will be a unity by the end of the season with Johnny coming together with Daniel. To be, so, yeah. yeah, some 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 aspect on that. But man, this is a this is a fun show. Let let's now talk about Mr. Ralph Macchiano, Daniel Larusso. Who, <laughs> by the way, for being, I think he how old is he? I think they said he was like sixty six. He looks fucking great for his age. Is what I'm trying to say. I um, don't think he's sixty six. Hold on, let me let me. I, I pulled this up the other day. He is fifty-six, maybe, but come on, where the fuck is the age feel like part? He's that old? No, he's no. Oh, be I'm like putting 50. Daniel Larusso. I'm not putting fucking. <laughs> oh, I'm an idiot. God damn it! So Ralph Macchiano is there with fifty-eight. Us Never mind. He's fifty-eight. 58. So he's on okay. the verge. They are still older than I so thought. So I'm off. He looks great for his age is all I'm trying to say, you know. But, um, yeah, the, he's kind of the douche. Like, at certain parts, you really like Daniel, and it's because he is pure. And sometimes you really don't like fucking Daniel because he's too goddamn pure. He's so, yeah. like, positive and optimistic about everything, and his wife has so – it's like t- the second season where he's blowing off his actual job and his wife – you know, and he's not getting the fact that like, hey, chill out with the dojo, or now that you have people, let them train each other, take a fucking break. Like, he's not able to balance it, and the whole entire concept of uh, one of the main uh, of of uh, you know his dojo is balance. So right. he's not doing a good job of that. The second season shows you a lot more struggle, 
and it makes him more sympathetic. The first season, he just comes off kind of like a douche. Like he buys the car. Yeah, exactly. He fixes his car for free because he feels bad for him. And he has like now, and who knows, my worst enemy, especially the one that I don't like from high school that is real in this world. I'm not going to say his name for obvious reasons. Um, (laughs) You know, if I was in a better position than him, I don't know how I would act. I hope that I would be the better person, but who knows? I mean, that's a very, that's an aspect that's just there. But LaRusso is different in which he beat, you know, Johnny and already got his revenge, if you will. But it just, uh, he, when he tries Mirage, it, it, it's good that his daughter, you know, is trained in martial arts. So she comes in later on, obviously at the end of the first season, showing off her mm-hmm. skills. And she ta- he takes in this kid who he doesn't know, who is obviously there for probably nefarious reasoning at first, you know, with, with the right. son of, 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 of uh, Johnny, but he does it out of his heart when he finds out that one thing I will say, the way that he treats him sometimes kind of pissed me off a little bit, Nick. Sometimes it was like, dude, you just, you abandoned Robbie at least like three times. You're like, Robbie, you're just like your dad, blah, blah, blah. It's like, wow, you've already given this kid this much like respect and he hasn't done, he's even turned in two dudes he used to hang out with, you know, with the security camera what's shit the, and fucking fought them off. Real quick, what's the third time? Because I know, like, he abandons him after he fi- finds out that he's Johnny's son, at the, yep. like, near the end of season one. And he abandons him when he finds his daughter at Johnny's place. Um, what's, what's the other time? I thought there was a third time. Maybe I could be wrong, honestly. I don't know. There, there, there's at uh, least two big times, and that still, like, is your point. Like, it, yes. Like, he's he's very much willing to write this kid off every step of the way. Which and and is, he doesn't even know I, that he's boinking his sister in the second season, or his daughter, I should say. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, but... Still, I mean, Daniel's a great character, and I think everything's going to come together. I don't know how many seasons they're planning on doing. Now that it's huge on Netflix, it's completely different, you know, level of success than it would have been when it was on YouTube. So right. I, I, I kind of want to go into the next part. You know, if Daniel LaRusso is Luke and Johnny Lawrence is Darth Vader, there has to be an Emperor <laughs> Palpatine. And Martin Cove as John Kreese. God damn it, I don't care if it's a smaller villain. He has to play a villain in a comic book movie at some part. Like, he just looks <laughs> evil as fuck. I didn't believe yes, any does. of his shit that he fed Johnny. When he came back, I knew he was bad news. And there was one part where it might have made me go, huh, when, you know, he was at a home that was like, you know, just he didn't have anything basically at this point. He lied about right. a bunch of his military triumphs and shit like that and he just was a bad guy and did not like that johnny was trying to change his initial interpretation of cobra kai and because of that he went full force even got kicked out but still since and you can believe this because johnny's so terrible at technology you know he leaves him there and he takes over everything pretty much um and gets the landlord on his side i mean you know, that's completely possible with how neglectful I would say that Johnny is, is shown in the show. So he's yeah. an evil motherfucker, man. He's he's not cool. I, like I said, I'd love to see him play a villain, though, 
in in Marvel or DC at some point. I think that he's got like he's, 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 even just he's like scary. A, a throwaway a throwaway villain in like Guardians three, like something like that would be excellent. <laughs> exactly. What did you think about Martin Cove in this as John Kreese? He's one of the best villains from the eighties, you know, and mm-hmm. he still has that type of after doing a bunch of Shakespeare apparently and and uh working in Broadway and whatnot, like getting him back up there, even though it's the same character he's played before, he's still got it. Yeah, no, nah, he was great. Um I I really think I agree with you. I think as far as and when we can save this, we can uh, shelve uh, our further thoughts on it, uh, you know, for the end of the pod. But I definitely think he's going to be the sort of uh, the villain that that Johnny and Daniel have to kind of team up against uh, in the future. Um, and we'll also like I hope we have time. I I, I also want to talk like, do we think Elizabeth Shue is going to fucking show up in this show? Like. I think that is another very interesting di- it was dynamic. It especially summer. well, especially because both of our our main male lead characters are you know I mean Johnny uh, you know his his love interest doesn't want to have anything to do with him because obviously because of Miguel's injury and then you know Daniel's wife is like I'm fed up I don't like you need to figure your shit out you know rightfully so she's 100 percent in the right. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know, bring it, like bringing her into the mix. Again, that, that kind of adds to the, uh, as I alluded to earlier, like the, the OC or uh, the Beverly Hills 90210 sort of uh, melodrama that, that, you know, they can tap into here. Um, but, uh, but no, as far as Crease, he's fucking great, man. Like, like just him showing up at the end, Johnny kicking his ass, and then but like then Johnny like showing mercy, and then Crease being like never show mercy. Like I, I was just like, oh well, that's fitting. Um, and I love like I, I I he's just the character you love to hate. Like you you hate him so much, um, and you can see where he's coming from. Uh, uh, as far as trying to take over the studio long before Johnny can, it's a, it's a, the, the quintessential trick of letting the audience in on something that's happening before a character knows, and you know, essentially uh, making the audience wait for that character to find out and how they deal with it, um, and they do it so well. The the the, the finale of season two when he walks into the dojo and crease has got all of the kids essentially under his uh you know um spell basically they look like super villains training right yeah and i hope we get a chance to talk about uh uh hawk um because that's a very interesting character who i both love and hate for so many various reasons, um, but uh, but nevertheless, I, as far as uh, Crease, yeah, he he works so well, and they deliver a really good, you know, the, like you alluded to it earlier, the scene where he follows Crease and sees him at this like halfway house where you know essentially he's you know he, he's essentially homeless. 
and, you know, trying to get his life back in order. And I think for two reasons that I think was a really good decision. One, it adds so much sympathy, uh, or not so much, but it adds a necessary amount of sympathy um, for that character such that it would make sense that Johnny uh, essentially doesn't just shut him out. Um, Like, that, that was so necessary in order for Johnny to bring him back in. If you don't have that scene, then you're constantly asking yourself, Johnny, why the fuck are you doing this? And you're still kind of asking yourself that, but the answer is there. It's because Johnny, like, wants everyone to have a chance. Like, he wants people to have a shot at redemption. Like, he needs a shot at redemption. So, like, it it makes total sense that, you know, that that kind of – that he's able to, to – that uh, the showrunners, rather, are able to set that up um, with that that dichotomy. Um, but uh, also, it, it's, it's a way to essentially set up why Kreese would want to be involved in Cobra Guy. Because he has absolutely nothing else going on in his fucking life, like he like he needs it even more than Johnny does, and you can kind of see that build throughout the show, and it just works. Like it like every every way that they decided to set that up makes makes so much sense. Because like honestly, it, like when you're looking at the character of Kreese. Like why? Like why the fuck would you even care about a fucking karate dojo that you, you used to run, you know, thirty years ago? Well, they perfectly explain it because he's got nothing else to fucking do. So the way they they set up his character, the way they introduce his character, the way they at the end of season one, the way they they fill out that character throughout um season two i just think is is very very well done on the showrunner's part yeah i definitely have to agree with you they just i don't know you can tell the showrunners the three of them and they presented this obviously to the original people that owned the franchise uh this is a love letter from them they really care about uh, the franchise itself is very similar to Ryan Coogler and how much he loved the Rocky franchise. And this to them was like their Star Wars is what they, they say about it. So them being able to create these characters and these newer characters uh, is a big deal for them. And speaking about these new characters, the, the younger generation, if you will, let's go over some of them. You alluded to Hawk. But we have Zolo Maradiana. God, I hope I did not destroy that. Playing Miguel Diaz. Um, Mary Mouser playing Samantha LaRusso, obviously daughter of Daniel LaRusso, played by Ralph Macchio. Uh, Tanner uh, Buckhannon uh, as Robbie Keane. Jason, or Jacob uh, Bernard as El, well, it's Eli, but obviously we know him as Huck. And Peyton List as Tori Schwarber. You we'll, uh, we'll we'll keep it to those guys at first. Um, obviously, there's the some other characters uh, outside of that, but 
I would say that, well, actually, you, you have to in, include Nicole Brown as Aisha Robinson, since so she's pretty much a mainstay. Uh, but Miguel Diaz is a great character. He just, he's he's a good kid. I mean, it's what his mom says. And, uh, you know, he's got a good heart. And some of the stuff that he learns at Cobra Kai is something that really helps him out. Some of it, especially the stuff that Johnny realizes he needs to pull away from with those teachings, uh, it's like he's using the rage that he had, and I, I understand that being bullied and, and, and whatnot, uh, and using that in a negative way uh, with his martial arts. Um, but he's a good kid, and throughout his story, he gets with Samantha, and you know they have a relationship. Uh, obviously, Daniel doesn't like the fact that Miguel is a part of Cobra Kai because that's like just not accepted in that household of evil martial artists. Um, but you know, that doesn't work out uh, towards the end because of his aggression levels. And it's kind of weird and baffling for him and Hawk when their sensei like changes things and kind of tortures them for winning the competition. Uh, that's something I probably should mention. Miguel wins against, like I said, uh, Robbie, uh, towards the end of it, and uh, you know, he's just a he's a central figure of. I feel like he is the Daniel Larusso of the story. I think that that he is yeah. kind of the main character to an extent out of the kids, uh, with probably Samantha being the next one up in that line, which is, like I said, Daniel Larusso's uh, daughter, and she's great. She's innocent as hell, but she can still be a badass. I really liked Robbie. It's, he's kind of one-dimensional, like you're 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 saying a, a bit, um, but he reminds me of he, Sean from Boy Meets World. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know if it's just the hairstyle or the look or the character, but like, so much of him reminds me of Sean from Boy Meets World. I I made a joke to my manager and I said, you, like Daniel Russo is a fucking idiot if you think that's a good idea to basically have JTT with abs move in your house with your daughter living there. But, um, you know, <laughs> yes, that, that, yeah, you're 100 percent right. But it, it's a, uh, it, he, he, he plays a tough character. You know, he's, he's troubled. His mom is non-existent. Eventually she even admits that she has a problem and goes to rehab. She ha he has mm-hmm. off, you know, this mentorship or, or looking for a father, even though his father kind of wants to be in his life, but he doesn't want anything to do with that father but trying to find that from Daniel LaRusso. And by the end, you know, his, he goes from trying to remain being calm, even finding out that his girlfriend made out with his enemy, basically, um, and still tries to maintain that until the fight gets to the point where it can't go in a better direction than him just going into rage. And that's, that happens to be the moment of clarity for Miguel of trying to stay calm and stop the situation. And that's what stops him and ends up getting him kicked off the balcony and then, you know, thrown onto his neck. So all those characters, I love, I like Tori, you know, Peyton List was, she was a star that was like, usually like the, the, the blonde pretty girl. And she plays a tough character in, in Tori and Tori's troubled. She kind of takes Miguel's mind off of, of Samantha but I thought she did a great job in the second season. Although some of the stuff she was trying to do might be considered a uh, possible, you know, trying to murder someone when you take like a spiked <laughs> fucking bracelet. But you know, yeah, uh, same a, thing. She's I, a little intense. 
She is. I loved Aisha. I thought that she was a very strong central character. I love the part the most where he makes he, he makes her break in all the new recruits by just punching them in the face, and you hear in the background <laughs> like, "Sorry, whack, whack," you know. And, oh, uh, I love when I, she gives uh, the the popular chick like the front wedgie. <laughs> I was like, oh, "Yeah, oh, oh. get it, girl." Uh, and then, uh, yeah, obviously Eli slash Hawk, played by Jacob Bernard, who is who Billy was, or not Billy, well, who Johnny was, basically, that person that's full of right. and vinegar. But his his style is different because he starts off, if Daniel LaRusso went like he originally was going to and became part of Cobra Kai because he takes that angst and that anger and turns it into him not giving a fuck, being a Terminator, and kind of torturing Dimitri, played by Gianni DeZento, who is kind of your comic relief, smart kid, doesn't really want to fight, and finally gets, uh, even though it used to be his friend, he gets Hawk at the end of it. Uh, Just a great kid cast, man. I really liked all these characters. You had Moon also as well. You know, there there were different people. I love the the, the brother, uh, Anthony LaRusso. I thought he was fucking hilarious. And even though he's not a kid, uh, Stingray, played by Paul Walter Hauser, (laughs) who's been fucking on fire lately uh, within movies and television shows. So just a great cast of all the kids, plus Paul Walter Hauser. (laughs) How did you like some of them? Who was your favorite Oh man, uh, probably I either Aisha or um, uh, the 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 main character. I'm sorry, I just his name slipped my mind, Miguel. Um, but uh, yeah, those, I mean, those are probably my two favorites. Um, I I definitely agree with you. I <laughs> I, I I like Stingray too, uh, like kind of unabashedly, just because of. I, I feel like the way that they set up the the second season was uh, sort of like quintessentially hammy, and uh, the fact that you know he's even involved in a a, a, a kids dojo is very hammy. But like uh, you know, it, he he plays it well. Um, <clears throat> I thought him showing up in the the like fight at the at the season finale was a little much, um, but I did really I, I love the scene where where he goes to the house party and he brings like some random girl and she's like why are we hanging out with a bunch of kids and he's like these are my friends <laughs> like <laughs> so problematic yet. So fucking hilarious! Like I, I really did. I thought that was just fucking. And what, what, what is that called again, Dane? When you tape the the two forties to your hands? Um, and we're forty hands. Why did he do that? It was great. It was so funny. Because <laughs> when he's like trying to he's like our age. open the 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 fucking sliding glass door, and he fucking can't because he's got the fucking forties taped to his hands. Oh my god, that would that would be like was, if, if if one of us because that was that resonates resonates with our generation because that's when it used to happen. So he's our age, right? If me or you just went to a fucking high school party and we try to like, hey, I'm doing Edward Forty Hands. What the fuck? What is Edward Forty Hands? Right. You know, like Edward Scissor Ed Scissor Hands. What the fuck is that movie? Like, ugh. yeah, terrible. <laughs> yeah, it makes no fucking sense. Uh, 
to anybody that age. But yeah, for us, it's like, yeah, we, we've at least either done it or seen someone who's done it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, like the, 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 the cast of characters, the, uh, like pretty much all the kids do a really good job. I like some more than others. I don't really dislike any of them. Did want to talk about Hawks specifically though, as I mentioned earlier, um, I, he's probably my least favorite, and here's why. Basically, basically, they set him up as this sort of peon character who Miguel becomes friends with along with the other kid that you mentioned. And, you know, basically, he, like, he's the kind of quintessential let, like, like let things go to your head type character. Um, like he has this super hot girlfriend and, you know, he fucks that up. And then, you know, he, uh, you know, essentially just, uh, it becomes a fucking total asshole. And, you know, I, I, I think for, for a, a show that, you know, really does a good job of, uh, showing how so many characters are flawed but also redeemable, he, he kind of gets slated into that crease role at least after two seasons. Uh, and it, it, that that's obviously kind of, I think, how they wanted to set him up. But I don't feel like we got enough of the good version of Eli uh, to, to warrant how they've positioned the character now. Um, and that's that's probably my biggest gripe as far as any of the young characters. It has nothing to do with the, the actor who plays him. I think he does a really good job. But like just as far as how they, they, they develop the character, that's got to be one of my biggest sort of gripes. I think they could have toned it down at least a little bit throughout the the show – like I like for instance, I really loved like the scene up until he pours the beer on the kid's head, uh, where, you know, um what what, what I'm sorry, what's the, the comic relief kid's name? I can't remember now. Dimitri. Um Dimitri. When he sits down and he starts talking to him and he brings up like like some kind of maybe Dungeons and Dragons thing or something, and the and the kid's like non-receptive, and then he's like, wait, what? Blah 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 blah, and like they're having like this very nice conversation, and then it gets kind of ruined by like him saying something, uh, you know, Dimitri saying something that triggered uh, Hawk, and he pours the beer in his head or whatever, um, and it, you know, like it was just like, oh come on, man, pace it better, like it, it, like. You do such a good job of all of these other characters, like not being one-dimensional, but you're making this character one-dimensional. Um, and yeah, that's that's kind of my biggest problem with any of the young characters. I can see that, but there's actually a different thing that bothers me about Hawk. It's actually something that What's bothers that? me about Crease. Um, in certain aspects, especially when Kreese enters in the beginning um, at the end of the first season. And that's 
you know, we kind of have, have, have talked about this. This goes along a lot uh, with the uh, ending fight to an extent. It's just, it, it seems like sometimes those characters are in a different television show. Because the show yes. is very set up well for its dramatics, but then they throw that 80s cheese out of nowhere, but it's it, instead of it like kind of, you know, elevating to a level of it, they kind of just straight go all the way, and then John Kreese is like, you know, I knew that you would do this, and he comes out of the shadow and, you know, hits a cigar and lets the ash fall, and blah. It's, it, that was a little bit cheesy. Hawk can all of a sudden start acting like Wolverine, and it's like, all right, man, okay, gotcha. <laughs> but I actually liked when Dimitri was trying to get to him because, as I, uh, you know, as I said beforehand, I think he is Johnny, and I think Johnny was very irredeemable, probably as a as a person. I'm assuming in the storyline, until maybe when he went to high school. If he did go to high school, he probably didn't go, or not high school, uh, college. He probably didn't, and realized just because you were cool didn't mean shit once you have to pay for yourself and you're an adult. Right, like that doesn't really do anything for you. So. Hawk seems like he knows who he was, but he's so enthralled in the concept of finally being popular and getting attractive women. And, you know, it just, it's unfortunate, but instead of trying to make himself a better person, he's tried to make his surroundings cooler or more appealing. And I think that that's troublesome. The character that to me can get a bit annoying at times, and I still like her, just Samantha can kind of get on my nerves sometimes. Um, See, I'm, I'm, she is, I'm with the uh, the other the other girl is the one who gets me. Um, the uh, Miguel Tori is also in another movie sometimes, or in another television. Yeah. Another person I think that embodies that. Yes. Yeah, but anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, expound on Samantha. I, I love Samantha, but she's just as pure as her fucking dad, and sometimes it's annoying. That's really what it comes I down agree. to. And, I agree. And not only that, you know, she does fuck up at the end of the goddamn thing. She ended up causing that conflict. Obviously, people sh- cooler heads should prevail, whatnot. But her decisions led to this. And when – not telling your dad exactly what happened. I'm sure that's going to happen. Like, oh, by the way, I've been dating Robbie this whole entire time, and he found out, and the whole entire fight broke out because – I kissed Miguel. I got wasted. I'm the one you should be mad at, not Robbie for the fucking apartment thing over at Johnny's. Like, this is all me. I caused all this. And I just think that she was a little bit, you know, even when she put Tori in her place, a lot of situations just were like, whoa, like over the top. And, you know, her character could be a little bit annoying at times, I would say. But I think my favorite character, like out of all of them, probably was Miguel. And then probably yeah, Aisha out of all the kids. Yeah, me too. Um, but, yeah, just – I also, like I said, I love the son of Daniel. I thought that he was fucking hilarious in every scene that he was uh, in. Uh, hey, but can, can we do like a, 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 a little divergent path here? I want to discuss um, the the – I guess it, I think it was just one episode – but the episode where Johnny meets up with his old buddies. Yes. Like, that was really, like, out of left field, but it hit home. Like, it worked. I, I think that was a really kind of good way, again, to, like, further cement, um, like, how much um, 
like essentially like Johnny and his um like you said how they how they've been able to make him into such a sympathetic character um and like having his his one of his old buddies have cancer and so they they all meet up and they they you know ride their motorcycles and um you know go off on this adventure that gets cut short obviously because you know his his buddy ends up dying um but i i think that was like a really kind of great episode and it's got like such a subtle fucking uh callback that i don't I don't know if you picked up on. I certainly didn't pick up on it until uh, someone else pointed it out to me. Um, that's the same character the bag, who Jimmy. has the famous line of "Put him in a fucking body bag." And the last shot of him is him being put in a fucking body bag. And I was that's, like, "Oh dude, my god, how did y'all fucking pull that off without it being like so fucking like bad?" Like that's again. Like you said, like the showrunners of the show love the original um, Karate Kid, and like they were able to like work that in without it being like so super cheesy. Um, like I, I don't know. I just thought that that was a great. Um, it was a great way. Obviously, they needed to to remove Johnny from the dojo so that Crease could sort of get his hold on these other characters. Um, our younger characters uh, of the of the Cobra Kai uh, dojo, but like choosing to do that uh, as far as how to pull Johnny away, I think was like a really good decision. Like just because of like what it all meant to, for a tying everything back, but also just like further cementing uh, like like Johnny being this. Um, like just very likable flawed character and they really really paint that up with his conversation with his buddy who is about to die and th- that conversation that they have uh at the bonfire is like really um like sort of impactful and it really um sort of paints the picture of what's coming next as far as do you really want to trust this crease guy? Um, you know, uh, you know, also, uh, you know, I just about life in general and the paths we take. Um, I thought it was a very interesting, um, uh, sort of left turn for season two that I didn't expect and thought they pulled off very well. Yeah, man. I mean, that episode was, if you're a fan of the show or a fan of the series, you're going to really like having all the original actors come back and play the gang. And the one thing that I will say is like, I don't know where they, I guess they rented those fucking motorcycles, but you know, other than that, it was just a, a fun story about them busting their buddy out. Well, not really busting them out because they got permission and having one last group of them just going and hanging out and it ends up with them beating the living shit out of a bunch of people at a fucking bar and still kicking yeah, ass. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I loved it, man. And to know that Rob Garrison, who was actually dying at the time and he did pass away, uh, they, they entered that or entered that element into the actual 
the movie itself or the the television it's it's that's that's pretty big like the way that they went about it um just really uh really good stuff man and i think that that kind of harkens back to them if if you realize all the easter eggs and stuff like that the fact that they're playing cruel summer on the last episode of the second season that is uh what's her name's uh song in the um in the movie um Elizabeth Shue's character. Elizabeth Shue. Um, yeah. So they play that, but that's also reflecting the fact that this is the end of the summer, and this is, you know, they didn't have a tournament this time. This was everything accumulating from the summertime and the end of it. And the one they play at the end, after all the depressing stuff, the the the, the different version of it, and then we see the phone with Elizabeth Shue calling or trying to send a friend request to Johnny after he finally figured out mm-hmm. Facebook after finally figuring <laughs> out the internet, what is going to happen from there? The, their, their choices for music, the same romantic music they used in one scene was the scene that they were, that Daniel and his wife were in the car, you know, uh, they, just all that type of attention to detail makes the show. That and even, even how better. they set up, even how they set up uh, him sending the message to Elizabeth Shue's character, like where, you know, he's, he, he like types it all out. Cause he's like sitting there. He's like, a little bit drunk at the bar and he's, you know, he's, he's like, ah, fuck the, all this dating apps and everything. And he like it writes the message and he's like, ah, no, that's too desperate. And then a girl walks up and bumps him and he fucking sends it, you know, like un, unwittingly, you know, like, uh, I even think yep. that was a great setup. Yeah. I just, I loved it all, man. I just love that they're keeping this going. Uh, apparently, uh, there's going to be some portion where Daniel's son goes to Japan. That is the only thing that we know about season three. Uh, also, the release is not going to be, I think, until March, or that's what they're trying to plan. I think they've filmed a majority of it, but obviously stuff is slowed down due to the pandemic. Right. So they didn't even think they were going to have this season. You know, YouTube was taking all of their, their, their content, like, you know, their shows off of it. So the fact that Netflix got it, how popular it is, I think it's still one or two, a Netflix top ten for uh, you know most views. So they definitely are going to try to have a couple more seasons. I would say I'm going to say four total is what I think they should go for. Um, four or five. But I'm look. I I you know what do you want to see next season? What what things do you want? And is Miguel okay? Is he going to be able to walk? I fucking hope so, man. Like. I that that's to me that's the biggest question is how does Miguel convince his mom that Johnny is not the problem like because obviously at the end of season 2 um we we have this situation where Miguel's mom is like you got him into this I never want to see you again um, and Johnny, like, I mean, you know, basically just accepts that good on him. Um, and you know, that, that leads to the, you know, the, the elevator scene that I mentioned earlier. Um, and as you mentioned, it leads to him throwing the phone and the, you know, uh, uh, yeah, addition his car and all that. And, I that that to me is the biggest question. The other big question to me is what happens with Robbie? 
Robbie kicks yes. him off that balcony and runs away, and that's it. That's all we know. So, like, that's that's you. You should be in a lot of trouble for that. Um, just we should. I, I want to talk about that real quick. All these okay. motherfucking kids, especially Tori, and definitely Robbie, should be in a lot of fucking trouble in reality. And do they have the worst security? Out of any fucking school ever, this rich fucking school doesn't have security enough to pull everyone away from having a fucking daredevil fight scene on the stairwell. Just saying. Just saying. But, yeah, Tori should definitely be in trouble. She fucking tried to use spikes as a brass knuckle and stabbed at one person. And then, like we keep on saying, Robbie just fucking, you know, spin kicked the motherfucker off the edge. What's going on? You have too much violence in schools, god damn it. <laughs> yeah, I I think that's where the show kind of really uh delves into the like depths of uh like hyper realism or unrealistic uh reality or whatever, how whatever you want to call it. Um it works for me because I'm viewing the show through the lens of Karate Kid, and that's not necessarily realistic either. They just pump it up to yeah. like another level. Um, but I was totally fine with it. I like, uh, you, you know, because I thought that the first season was very set in in sort of like reality, right? Somewhat, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, still. Like karate being that fucking popular in any <laughs> town or anything is 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 a little ridiculous, um, but that was very much hearkening back to the, to 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 the show or, or or I'm sorry to the original movie, but they really take things to the like the, to the furthest I think you could possibly take them with the, the, the season finale. Like, that fucking, like you said, is, it was basically, like, uh, on on the level of, like, Daredevil, um, like, stairwell scene. It wasn't quite <laughs> shot that good, but, but, uh, but, you know, you're dealing with, like, child actors and all that. Um, but it was, it was up there. Like, it was like, this is ridiculous. But I fucking <laughs> loved it. I fucking loved the ridiculousness of it. I sat there watching that scene, just fucking like laughing my ass off until, of course, the finale, uh, when you know Miguel gets kicked off the little balcony and 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 you know basically breaks his fucking back. Um, at which point I was like, oh no, holy shit. And and that's part of why the show works so well because they can take something like that, make it so asinine, and then still rope it back into the emotional arcs of the characters, um, all in one fell swoop. There, fail swoop. Um, and especially like you said, like Miguel was the that the way that they did that did at least two things, maybe three. Um, it, it it sets up you know Miguel's arc as far as um, essentially being like, look man, like we we shouldn't be doing this. It sets up Robbie's arc as far as like we just mentioned, we don't know where his character goes from here. 
Um, but it also sets up Kreese being able to finally take over the dojo because, you know, all of all of their students, uh, all of, all of um, Miguel's peers are looking at this situation like, you know, Miguel ended up, you know, in the hospital because he showed mercy. Um, so it does this kind of trifold thing, um, and, and God, they were so successful at it. And I think you're absolutely right. I think, honestly, what I think ends up happening, I don't understand or know how Robbie fits into all this. But I think where the show goes forward is Johnny and Daniel kind of team up and to take down Cobra Kai. Miguel joins them. Um, and so you get sort of Miguel and um, D- Daniel's daughter uh, to, to, to kind of reunite. I, I, like I said, I don't know where Robbie fits. I don't think it makes any sense for him to go to Cobra Kai. What's that? I said if that motherfucker can walk after that, yeah, he fell yeah, some very, stairs. Right, very, yeah, very much. I mean, I think they're gonna hopefully. I, I hope they don't spend too much time on like. I think he's gonna be fine. Um, I, I hope they don't spend too much time on like his rehab and all of that kind of stuff because I think um, that could really kind of slow down the you know the season. I think they could set it so that it's far enough away that. Um, that th- he he's already fine and he's already going through rehab and he's coming out of rehab kind of situation. Um, but I you know I definitely think that like th- kind of that's that that's where the the show is is, is sort of trending. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I just can't say enough about it, man. Fuck, great show. Yeah, that's the whole thing is oh, that last episode, just in general, how they built it up. And, you know, you have that scene where they're getting along finally. And that's followed, you know, that, that dinner scene followed very soon by what happens at the party and Robbie taking her to her dad, dad's house, him freaking out, them having the fight in the living room. So it was like for one split second. You're like, okay, everything's going to be better towards the end of this. You know, you should know, obviously, that's not going to be it. And then the fucking fight right. scene of craziness. Uh, all, the little the little Asian kid with the uh, glasses and the little white kid that I've always squared off beforehand <laughs> oh, because they're the smallest. You know, just going at it and stuff like that. That was funny. And then Dimitri getting uh, hawked or getting the better of him, I should say, by finally getting yeah, Daniel's training. A lot of it kicking was him cool. into the trophy case. Like, yeah, that was great. A lot of it was really cool. I just want to see where they're going to go from here. And like you're saying, like, wow, Robbie, what the fuck? He he just got the hell out of there. He, you know, what's going to happen with him? And is Miguel going to be okay from this? Or is this going to be like their Degrassi, except for he didn't get shot a bunch of times, Drake style. And he's going to be in a wheelchair, but he's going to have to be some type of support without being able to be actually in the fight or something. Like, I hope that's not the case. I want to see him get better, but... It's gonna be it's gonna be weird to see where they go because really when it comes down to it, the show to me is four characters. It 
it really is, you know, the two adults, which obviously are Johnny and Danielson, and then Danielson's daughter and fucking uh, Miguel. I think those are the ones that are yeah. probably the most important, at least. So yeah. I don't know what's going to happen with Robbie, man, but I, I love this. Uh, what it, did you like that last fight scene? It was actually really well done. I will give them that. And did you like the episode, <laughs> how it kind of screws with your head about them finally breaking bread and then the whole thing that happens with him showing up over at, at Johnny's uh, apartment, piss, and them fighting and, you know, all that. Like, it was a, it was a crazy last episode, season two. Yeah, no, I I really did. I fucking loved it. I didn't I didn't like them fighting at Johnny's apartment. I didn't think it really made a whole lot of sense. Um, but I, I, you know, I mean, I guess the the it, I guess it makes sense in the in the <laughs> uh, the rivalry aspect of it all. But um, but no, I actually did. I loved the the. I I loved the ridiculousness of it. I loved like even the fact that you know you know you have this situation where all the shit's going down, and uh, you know you have your school security guard who like one of them gets like knocked out or fucked up early on, and then another one like runs in and is like, "Hey everybody, stop this shit now." And and then you know essentially he's like fuck this dude like I'm not fucking with this like I've got like like fucking I've got two karate dojos like I'm fucking thirty kids just fucking fighting like what am I supposed to fucking do like and, and it, it's it's totally unrealistic but it 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 works uh, in in this little uh, you know karate kid universe in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I, I I loved it. I thought uh, I thought it was like you said, very well choreographed. I thought uh, it, the the way that they set it up, um, I thought was really good. I thought like the honestly the way even the way that they set up um, the ver the like the finale of it all with you know essentially Robbie finding out that. Um, that, uh, you know, his girlfriend kissed Miguel, but still wanting to, like, uh, you know, obviously protect his girlfriend, and then Miguel wanting, uh, like, to, to, like, break up the fight, like, to protect her. Um, I, you know, I thought the dynamics of it all, the way they shot it and the way they, they framed everything, I thought it made so much sense. I thought it was so well done. And uh, yeah, like I, I, I genuinely enjoyed it. Yeah, fantastic stuff, man. Just uh, you know, I've been watching a lot of television lately, obviously due to the pandemic, um, and different shows like this. By the way, I've uh, rewatched almost all of Living Single. You guys should go back and check that out if you're a '90s person. Nice. Um, but you know, I I, uh, I really enjoyed this, and now I'm going to go back and rewatch all the movies. Even the crappy ones, which I'm pretty sure the only the first two are the only ones that are revered, but that's okay. Um, I remember and, you know, liking the next Karate Kid, the one with Hillary Swank. I I remember hey, that one. I was gonna say everything is a part I, of this I, continuity. They said like Hillary Swank is actually in this universe, right. so keep that in mind. 
I would love to see her. I don't think it would happen at all, but I would love to see her. Like, could you imagine, like, Hillary Swain coming in and opening up, like, a, a rival karate dojo to both of them? <laughs> oh, I'd love uh, Miyagi, it. Oh, I would better Miyagi-Dojo. It just sucks, man. Like, if they had just gotten, like, if they had just cast somebody who didn't go on to be, like, some kind of Oscar-winning actress, maybe they would be able to bring her back. I, I just don't think Hillary Swank would have any fucking interest in, in like, joining this, this television show. But, uh, like, they, they totally, uh, like, could work in that character and, like, have her teachings differ? Her teachings from Miyagi differ, differ from Daniel Sons and all that. Like all that, uh, that would be great. And I I can't wait to see if they're going to bring in Elizabeth Shue. I actually Shue. think Elizabeth Shue is way more likely because she. When's the last time Elizabeth Shue was in anything? I don't know, man. I hope to. You know, I hope they really delve deep into this mythos and give us. A pretty cool series. Um, it's just weird. Uh, with <laughs> this came out of nowhere. This really came out of nowhere. They tried to do the Karate Kid again with Jaden and and Jackie Chan. That obviously failed miserably. And yeah, I'm glad they're good. keeping it. I'm glad they're keeping it in this universe, and we get to see these two actors. Um, you know, at their <laughs> their adult age playing the same fucking characters it's just it's it's mind-blowing but i don't know uh i'm looking forward to the second season uh oh one more thing that just popped in my head i wanted to mention one of my favorite scenes is the scene where the hispanic gentleman is fishing uh he's got a hat on so you know uh danielson sees him from behind and then gets up Mm -hmm. to him and starts having a conversation and he's saying everything that Mr. Miyagi would say in that situation. Mr. Miyagi, yes. you know, I don't know. I, he's Buddhist, but I don't know if he – I'm assuming he believed in reincarnation. So they were trying to kind of trigger that concept in your head. But it was really good. Right. I, I definitely I – lo- that was one of my favorite scenes in the television show. Forgot, I almost forgot to yeah. mention that. Yeah, I fucking love that scene too. And, like, and, and he even says something to the effect of, like, you're like you're like more like the person I thought you were than you even know. You know, with something to that, that you know, uh, chagrin or whatever. Um, so yeah, dude, like I I did too. I I fucking love that scene. Um, I, I want to try to think. There's a couple others that I just like really stood out to me. I know I mentioned the the uh, Mexican restaurant scene. I really love that one. Um, oh, I, I mean, just as a as a point of um, like to to like open the series. I I I really did kind of love Johnny Lawrence just like beating the shit out of a bunch of fucking teenagers in like the second episode. Um, yeah, like that was great. That was funny. As like fuck. that. Dude, that was so fucking funny. Um and and like how that got painted kind of like against him. Um and that character, um what the the Asian uh Asian American popular kid, I don't remember his name. He he totally got, you know, put 
to the side in season two. He's Kyler, no longer man. a douchebag. Kyler, yeah, Kyler. What a fucking stupid ass name. Um, yeah, he Just got like to the side, she was but, a bitch. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, he he got, got tossed to the side. But that was funny seeing him and his buddies get his ass kicked. It kind of reminded me of. Um, do you remember the scene in like? Uh, at that like near the end of like Harold and Kumar, where they're like they walk into the like gas station and there's all the dude bras and they're like fucking up all of their yeah like knocking over fucking shelves and shit and then they end up stealing their Bronco to get to White Castle mm-hmm. like that's kind of what it reminded me of like all these fucking stupid ass fucking kids in, in, in Harold and Kamar, they're obviously like more adults, but still young adults. Um, but yeah, that's, you it, know what it, I loved about, kind of uh, reminded me of that. You know what I love about William, uh, uh, the way that he proposed it with Billy, you know, um, him playing this character again, he was like, he, he, he referred to it when he was describing it to someone as bad sensei, like instead of bad Santa, Bad Sensei with the first season. Oh, nice! Because that's exactly how he was. You know, he's an alcoholic. Yeah. He beats up teenagers. He then even makes the <laughs> dojo and beats up more teenagers. You know, and he's just a piece of shit the whole entire time until about halfway into it, and he kind of like realizes, all right, I need to, I need to chill out a bit. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing too. I think you know we we've touched on, but like his his progression into essentially being um, a, a, a very, like, like a leadership character, um, you, know, you know, with, with especially at the start of season two when he's like, that's, that's not how you fucking win with pride. You, you like, because, I mean, and, and that even goes back to the original movie because Kreese is the one who, you know, he's like, sweep the leg, sweep the leg, Johnny. And he's like, no, I can beat him. Like, I can beat him, like, just straight up. Like, I don't need to fucking, like, do that. Yep. And they bring that back. Um, and that's, like, another like, kind of way. Right. And that's, like, another way that, like, it's, it's like, you know, you can, you can see the, um, at least the seeds of what they, the showrunners were looking at. Um, as far as making Johnny the lead character of this story, you can see the seeds of that sewn into the original Karate Kid movie. Like he's not, he he's not like totally without remorse. Like Crease is, but he's not. Johnny's not. And like they really kind of tap into that, um, especially at the beginning of season two. And I think they do such a really good job with that. Yeah, uh, I think this might be a good time to kind of uh, end the show, though. I think that unless, you know, Nick, when I pass it to you, if you have any last words. But also, to me, first season I like better than the second season. If we're going to, like, I I don't want to do it overall because the series isn't done, so it seems kind of pointless. But by season, I think the the, the first season was about an 8. It definitely registered with me. This one was probably a 7.5, but I definitely still enjoyed it. So I, I think that the series is definitely worth checking out. If you listen to all this and you listen to the spoilers, I don't know why the fuck you did that if you haven't watched the series. But 
hey, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to, if you want, if you want to do that and that's fine, I guess, just uh, go watch it because it's good stuff. So I'm going to get back into the eighties and go rewatch Karate Kid one through next generation. Uh, the, those four movies, and I'm going to get prepared to kick some butt for next season. And uh, yeah, uh, any last comments? How'd you feel about the seasons in general? And are you looking forward to the third season of Cobra Kai? Oh, totally looking forward to the third season. Um, as far as my rankings, I, yeah, I would probably say like an eight is is about what I would give season one. Uh, season two, maybe a seven. Like a little, maybe a little lower. Yeah, I think you said seven five. I would go seven, maybe even like a six point five. I still really enjoyed it. Um, I just it, the first season is is definitely like just better. But um, but you know, I, I again, I think I, I I think it depends on who is viewing it. I think. Season two would probably be perceived by like a younger audience as being better, you know, um, because it has more of that um, that uh, like I said that that sort of OC Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero teen drama aspect that younger audiences tend to like. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, just, I think it depends, but. Uh, overall, I, I I would definitely give the show a positive rating, uh, and you know I, I I thoroughly enjoyed both seasons. Yeah, and um, you know I think that's it. Go check out Cobra Kai uh, seasons one and two are on Netflix right now for you to check out. Think I'm going to be doing another one of these shows uh, under the Dane Rants you know, title, I guess. Maybe I'll try to figure out an actual fucking theme song uh, for next show. But I'll be doing um, me and John Colina. He wants me to go watch um, The Umbrella Academy. And I've been meaning to check it out. Uh, so I'm probably going to try that one next uh, and, you know, see where these uh, shows go. But thank you, Nick, for joining. Uh, it was It was fun having you on, man, uh, and uh, we can probably do something in the future, like some type of review of some nature in the future soon. Indeed, sir. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, if you guys want to, go to geekfivesnation.com. That's geekfivesnation.com. You'll find news articles written by a bunch of our writers and also links to our social media platforms at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at geekfivesnation. You'll also find links to different ways to listen to the shows themselves. And if you want to search, uh, I do a wrestling show called Wrestling Geeks Alliance, if you're into wrestling. So Google search Wrestling Geeks Alliance uh, and a lot of other shows, and you'll find different platforms like Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, uh, YouTube, that we have all of our various shows. So thank you guys for listening. And I don't really have the best outro for this because I don't really have an outro for this. So... Uh, I, I just want to admit the last thing about all of this, the wonderful world of uh, what should we call it, the Karate Kid, is that if someone tried to offer me a way to learn martial arts by painting their fence, I'd probably tell them to go fuck off and join Cobra Kai. <laughs> Maybe that's just me, but I'm just saying I've always been a fan of the dark side. So join us on a ne- another episode of Dean Rants here in the future.
Hey, it's Dean Kane. You may know me as uh, a superhero or two or four. Uh, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. And that's the bottom line. Just don't go set up.